it's amazing how many people say, you know, we were Googling this and Googling that and looking at this website and looking and <gasps> we came upon your website. Holy mackerel. Did you really <laughs> do you really do all that work? That's the most beautiful work we've ever seen. Aww. And uh <laughs> so um Thanks, Glenn. it really well, that's because we love this. It's really strange what happens when you put together a group of people that have been educated in design and trained in design and work with design and love doing what they're doing and have people out in the field that have been there 25, 20 years, 27 years, 18 years, not just a bunch of guys with shovels, but guys who know what they're doing. You put that kind of combination together. You have someone on the phone working with clients like Belinda, who actually cares about what happens to you day after day. And, um, I must say, the greatest advocate in our office for the clients is Belinda. She gives me more grief about, <laughs> do you know what's going on in their backyard? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. I mean, you you constantly remind me that this is probably the first time they've built a pool. So right. maybe you, right. we need to remind them that we are coming back to clean off the driveway after the digger gets finished. It and does happen. All that good Put stuff. Put those boxes away after all that new equipment's been over. But um, anyway... That's what we do. Check us out. www.mirrorlakedesigns.com. We're talking about the front yard today. And those three reasons for making your front yard a better place. One is just for the look. Now, many times just driving by, you look at a yard and say, wow, that looks nice. Or, oh, I don't know about that one. These are things that make a huge difference in the front yard. And the biggest difference is always the shape of the beds and the shape of your lawn. Use your lawn as a design element. Your lawn should not be left over space. If you go out there and make these little amoeba beds around every group of trees and you do a few bushes out front and then a couple bushes there by the mailbox, which, you know, still doesn't make. Here's the deal. Take a look at your plan. If you were to draw your plan up and you draw your beds and then draw your grass and just look at it and it was only two colors, would you say, wow, that's a beautiful looking design? Or would you say, that's kind of a funky shape. Why do we have that out there? That will give you your first clue on whether or not you're approaching that curb appeal design in the right way. Your design should be done so that if you put monkey grass in all the beds, it looks better than everyone else's up and down the street. Well, let me ask you this. You talked um, Saturday, <clears throat> I mean Sunday, I'm sorry, at Arborgate when we were talking about those front yards and you were talking about the shapes of the bed, how important it was that it focused on drawing you into the that's right. Door. That's right. You want to walk into the concave part of a circle, not the convex. And those of you who forget geometry, you want to walk into the part of the circle which is drawing you in, not sticking out at you. Um, that's why most. So the bed shape should point to the front door. That should just swing around and point right, right. To the it front should door. suck you into the front, not okay. push you away from the front. You okay. shouldn't be walking into a balloon pushing you away. And you also mentioned about the sidewalk that we all have from our front door down to the street. And how that you can just dis- design and ignore it. Go you want right to over completely it. ignore that sidewalk while you're doing design. If you've got a bed line on one side that's going across your yard, forget the sidewalk. Just take it right across the, the sidewalk as though it was not there. So you, that on one side of the sidewalk, the line picks up in the same place it would have gone across, you know, from one side to another. And forget about that sidewalk. That sidewalk does nothing to your front yard usually other than cutting your yard in half. Especially if you have a cul-de-sac lot or small lot, that front sidewalk is the biggest visual barrier to a pleasing front yard than anything out there. So you want to ignore that and not highlight it by planting up and down the sidewalk. 
little dwarf Yopons that are out there waiting to salute you on the way to get the morning paper. <laughs> where you go out there I and you dress up and say, good morning, man. Good morning. You salute them at ease, at ease. And you go on down pick well, up the Well, and paper. they were cute at a one gallon, maybe, I guess, uh, on either side of that two and a half. There's a house not far with- from the office that is lined with sago palms. That, that's <laughs> no joke, single a sharp <laughs> it is tough. mistake. It yeah. is real tough. But that front sidewalk, if you go back into some of these old fantastic designs that you see at the Versailles Palace or some of these old English estate gardens where you have 12-foot wide walkways, it might make sense to do planting on both sides. But when you're dealing with a little four-foot walkway from the street to the house and it's less than 30 feet away... Planting on both sides of that walkway only really split up the yard. Well, so. and, and honestly, those sidewalks aren't four feet. The, the builder leaves us, um, you know, two feet, two and a half feet to um, get down to the street. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it is. It's a, it's a narrow path and you certainly don't want to highlight it. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Oh, it's a bad joke and I can't tell you. Oh, okay. But women sometimes have oh. trouble with measurements because the guys lie to them. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> He's thinking that I don't know that my sidewalk that we ripped out was two and a half feet versus four feet. He's closer to ever than doing the show by himself. He forgets that I I can leave, right? Oh, and anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> Thank you, Glenn. <laughs> okay. Back to our front yard, though. <laughs> Front yard design. Also, keep in mind that the plantings that we deal with, and this is very true what you just said, we forget how big they grow. So we plant these things out in front of the house and they're overgrowing the windows and overgrowing the front little walkway and they just become so crowded. And you'll know within 18 months to two years that that plant's not in the right spot. Right. And just remember, if the builder put it out there, it does not belong there. That's a good way to remember it. It just doesn't because yeah. you're, they're you're, good at building houses. And oh, not. we have a question from the live audience. Okay, so let me let me clarify. So if the builder puts the two trees that are demanded by your neighborhood association out there in your front yard, they're not supposed to be there. Well, the neighborhood association is not made up of people who know anything about design. I agree. Well, or even plants, because right. if you look at the lifelong of an oak tree or that you put. Anything. Yes. Well, two live oaks, two two magnolia trees, and two hollies. And they do look good in a 100-gallon out there for a while. But they grow. What do you do about them? You have to move them pretty quick. We just or actually finished. We just finished doing a project in a backyard where we um, the man did get the okay from his homeowners association to remove one of the three trees that were demanded in his front yard. And what did he have in his front yard? Two live oaks and a southern magnolia. And the magnolia was put between the two. Oh, yeah. It was ridiculous. So they're in a line <laughs> in a small yard. So, But there is a way of actually, you know, you can go out there and say, listen, this just will not work. And you have to go through the process. And I understand it is difficult for the Homeowners Association to write up a set of rules that will work for everybody. But um, hopefully they'll just have some common sense and say, we will make the exception and grant this. Because most people have way too much planted in their front yard. Now, the, the other thing is, it would make more sense to plant these trees out closer to the street. So you start creating that space out there in the front yard. But before we get to that, I want to talk about two things on plant selection outside of size. And the other one is contrast. 
Many plants are beautiful if they're used in combinations with other ones. Most variegated plants must have a deep, dark background for the plant to show up very well. Now, we've done situations where we talk about dwarf, um, I'm sorry, we talked about variegated pittosporum. Variegated pittosporum can be a nice plant. It does grow very tall. If you keep it clipped back, you can keep it somewhere around four or five feet tall. But it's better up against a green wall covered with fig ivy or a backdrop of Japanese yew, something very, very, very dark green. So then the variegation, uh, the color, that creamy, white, light green color of the variegated pit is a beautiful contrast to that deep, dark green background. If you don't do that, it gets all washed out in the brick, and then you really can't see the plants at Fig all. Fig ivy so, and Japanese yew and So keep in mind, you're looking for contrast. In the same mm-hmm. way, a dwarf yopon can be a beautiful backdrop to Aztec grass, and then in front of that, you use something along the lines of blue Pacific juniper. You have this blue-green color, that really light white color of the Aztec grass, and the deep dark green of the dwarf yopon. Now you're getting the contrast. That's where the interest comes from, is always from contrast. And, and yes, the textures, colors. And, and the textures shapes. is another way. You can use all green, but of different shades of green and different textures of green. And again, the example would be the uh, Japanese yew. And then something in front of that with a larger leaf, maybe something along the lines of a, uh, a copper tone loquat with a very large leaf, or a clayera with a very shiny, broad leaf. And then in front of that, you do a light colored green. It could be something along the lines of a uh, a fern, maybe if it's a shady situation, a light-colored fern, different textures going through. You end up with real, a real beautiful contrast. I saw this one planting one time where there was a a, a very rigid um, X-shaped pattern of of a uh, vine. It was the Carolina jasmine growing in a diamond shape on a fence. And next to that was a variegated privet. And then out in front of the variegated privet were some roses and junipers. And that combination of textures was a beautiful scene and a beautiful focal point. So just keep in mind how you're trying to create a focal point, And then you'll end up with a much better planting scheme out there in the front yard. And there you so. go. Bed shapes are critical. And then we go into the planting. The next thing we're going to talk about after we take a break is come back and talk a little bit about how you can have a very welcoming front yard. So that as people are coming up to the front door, they feel like that, wow. We were invited. We were supposed to be here. This is something where... It's uh, not East Texas. <laughs> oh, okay, now you're going to get in trouble, too. One of us has got to get through the show. I've been for quite a while. Okay, we'll be back. <laughs> we all have a different style. And when it comes to how we live in the garden... Every style comes to life when the right materials meet the right personality. That's why Belgard makes so many different types of pavers, walls, and architectural products. Steps, terracing, retaining, and seating walls. With Belgard materials, your classic designs strike just the right chord. But there's so much more when Belgard sets the stage. You can jazz things up with New Orleans-style courtyard pavers that look like they were just dug out of the quarter. Or maybe you're looking for that Tuscan hillside setting with tumbled wall materials. Then again... Perhaps you need just the right amount of tropical splash with patio pavers seemingly designed just for your Mexican beach resort. With an ever-growing style of Bell Garden materials, your style, your personality comes to life in the garden. That's Bell Garden materials, patios, pavers, and walls. Having a bit of trouble with your landscape? Is the only thriving plant growth around your house the mold between the bathroom tiles? I guess what we're asking is this. Just how long has it been since your shui got funged? 
Well, that's just too long. It's time to bring in Mirror Lake landscapes, pools, and waterfalls. For over 25 years, Mirror Lake has been creating some of the most beautiful garden settings in the nation. And while their work here on the Gulf Coast has been recognized by both the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association and the Association of Pool and Spa Professionals with numerous awards, it's really the impact on your life that makes their pool and garden designs so valuable. If you're ready to really create that outdoor living environment, if you're tired of dealing with amateur wannabe designers that are really just cheap salesmen, if you really think that it's just been too long since your shui got funged, then it's time to call Mirror Lake. Call them at 281-350-0515. That's Mirror Lake, 281-350-0515. When your wheelhouse is the land of cotton, the first time you leave, it can be strange, it can be shocking. Not everybody drives a truck, not everybody drinks sweet tea, not everybody owns a gun, wears a ball cap, boots and jeans, not everybody goes to church, watches every NASCAR race, not everybody knows the words to ring a fire on amazing grace. I have walked the streets of Rome. I have been to foreign lands. I know what it's like to talk and have nobody understand. I have seen the And here we are back with your livable garden, Michael Sean, along with. Linda and Kelly. We're from that little award-winning company in Spring, Texas, Mirror Lake Landscapes, Pools, and Waterfalls. Check us out at www.mirrorlakedesigns.com. What a great song to get into this next section with. Goodness gracious. You know, that's one thing my mom always said. You know, your dad may be from Iowa. But remember where your mom's from, North Carolina? You are a southerner, son. <laughs> <laughs> and there's something about that whole southern way of inviting people over to making sure they feel welcome. And they walk to the, uh, we have a, uh, a lady, I think her name was uh, Deborah Jeeves, who wrote this great book on southern cocktails, which she talked about in the south. You show up when you walk in, people give you, they don't ask if you want something. You're handed a drink as you walk in the door. 
Now it doesn't have to be, it could be sweet tea. It could be anything lemonade, but you walk in and you're, you are invited in and doing a front entry that invites you in someplace where you have easy access from where you arrive on the property. Um, that walkway, that courtyard that takes you from the driveway over to the front door, the, the plantings that make you feel like, wow, look how beautiful these little blossoms are. It could even be, it could be a flower arrangement of cut flowers by the front door. The little plaques, the little, the sounds of the water that make you feel like, wow, they're glad I'm here. It's this, you know, I'm here. I was on a journey to come over and it could be from next door to borrow a cup of sugar, but you come over and they're glad you're there. And you can do it. And they a, want you to stay. I mean, they, you right. know, that sign of handing someone a drink is me. Come on in. We're busy <laughs> doing some stuff. You may be folding laundry or, you know, chasing the kids around or just picking up or putting dinner together. But you want them to feel welcome while they're there. Whatever activities are going on in your home, you can do that in that front porch Your daughter area. does that. Your, your, daughter, your oldest daughter, Jessica, you go to her house. She will continue doing all the work, but you don't realize she's doing it. <laughs> no, it's amazing. She'll have you sitting down, drinking, feeding feeling wonderful, and she's still accomplishing everything. You just don't realize she still is doing everything. Uh, she has learned to touch people wherever they're at, always, um, no matter what on scale. If she's the visitor in the room, she'll make you feel welcome when you walk in the door. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people do that. And in the South, I think I think uh, your brother-in-law, Tanner, or my brother-in-law, Tanner, is very good. When he meets someone, if it's at a restaurant where we're eating, he talks to him just like he was the very best friend. His neighbors, he takes the time. He's, he's as busy as Sean and I are, and yet he takes the time to go over and meet each of his neighbors, learn their names, see if they need any help with anything. He's always willing to, uh, you know, give a hand to whomever might need it. Sean, but the you, you're oh. good about doing that. Well, the that design too. of the front yard will show that. If it looks like it's a comfortable place to walk up, if it looks like it was meant to be entered, then you're drawn and into not locked places. down like Fort Knox and you're afraid <laughs> right. to go, huh? But that is something which is just a beautiful thing. And you can do that um, we get back to some of the designs that we talk about. If you have a design that allows you to see where the front door is, if the front door walkway expands, becomes more of a courtyard feel. If there are places where you might think, wow, it looks like you could sit up there and, and chat. If it's a place where the water sound draws you up closer because you're listening to the water and the closer you get to it, it's just, I'm not talking about this huge fountain out in the middle you drive around. Right. But just a very small scale, personal scaled planting and water feature by the front door. Um, fragrance by the front door. Where you get close, you think, wow, this smells wonderful. Um, soft lighting in the evening so you're not worried about where you're going to trip over steps or stairs or whatever. We, we've just... Um, we do so many of these types of designs in front yards where we rip out the old builder's sidewalk and come back and do the uh, and do the little planting area and just make it a very, very cute little courtyard feel as you come in. It makes such a difference, and I think you'll see it really changes how you deal with folks in the neighborhood. How great would it really be if you knew the neighbors, three houses in either direction on your on your home? I hate to say it that we don't, we're, we're getting there, but you have to be there to, in order for it to happen. If you're not out there in the front, most people aren't going to knock on your door. And we really know ask, on either side of us, right? Right. And across the street. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, well, some three people doors move. down, we know. We're working on it. But, there, <laughs> but the next hour, we're going to be talking about the livable front yard where things really start changing. And we'll go through the ways that you can set that up, things you have to watch out with your neighborhood homeowners association. 
but it is a way of making that difference. But that, that, you know, some people think, oh, I don't think I want to be out here. Every time we've done this front yard for living, we hear back from the homeowners who say, wow, wow. We just never realized how you could still maintain the feel of a front yard, the look of a front yard, but still have a gathering place where you could live in the front yard without it being hokey looking, without it looking like we're, you know, out there with a, a car up on blocks or something like that. And it really makes a big difference. But it's all about the design and using space, which is the main thing a landscape architect does. A landscape architect isn't worried about selling plants or selling bricks or selling walls. We want to, we want to design places so the scale of the place makes you feel comfortable. And that scale allows other things to happen. You know, we're kind of the backdrop. A landscape architect wants to design a set for that play of life to happen. We just want to make sure it's all there so that as things happen. Setting the stage. Right. Just want to set that stage so all the great things in life can happen.